Hello, and welcome to the Logistics Management Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Berman. I'm Group News Editor for Logistics Management Magazine and also the Peerless Media Supply Chain Group. Today, it's a real pleasure for us to welcome Matt Kane to our podcast. Matt serves as Vice President of Sales and Marketing for North America over at CLX Logistics. CLX is based in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Philadelphia. In his role at CLX, Matt manages the company's newest office, which is based in Houston, Texas, which opened last month. Uh, as a process-driven, professional, and dynamic team leader, Matt brings more than 16 years of experience in various sectors of the logistics and supply chain industry to the company. Prior to joining CLX Logistics, Matt launched his career in the oil and gas sector, where he managed critical export operations for several leading downstream companies. Since then, he's worked for companies such as DHL, Lashaco, Steam Logistics, and also Usin Logistics, gaining firsthand management experience in logistics and international and domestic operations and sales with a focus on renewable energy, chemicals, retail, and several other commodities. Matt has been active with several industry-leading organizations, including the Houston Chemical Association, the International Transportation Management Association, and others. Matt and his wife currently live in Houston, Texas with their son and daughter. Matt earned his bachelor's degree in business management from the University of Houston. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's great to have you here today. And uh, before we get uh, before we move on, I just want to give out a big thanks to uh, CLX Logistics for sponsoring today's podcast. So Matt, let's jump in. I know a, a recent hot topic, if you will, and one is certainly of interest to your business operations and obviously your customers too, is kind of the on and off again nature of what's happening um, up in Canada with uh, the port strike. It looked like there was a tentative deal in place and then it looked like the deal is off the table. So it's a bit of a stop and start nature of things uh, to, to be sure. Um, how are you guys seeing that over at CLX in terms of what it means for your operations and subsequently your, your customers' operations and how you're helping and working with them through what is happening up north? Yeah, this is a strike that uh, started back on July 1st, and it includes uh, around 7,400 dock workers. So has a huge impact, not just on the international business coming into each port over there on the West Coast, but also kind of caused a little bit of disruption to the uh, rail. We've got a lot of customers or different prospects that are shipping into the West Coast because it shares port, ports of call with the uh, West Coast in the US, like Long Beach, LA, which is one of our largest ports. But then mm -hmm. they rail to the East. And when we have the strike, it's causing extreme delays when it comes to the rail as well. So we've started trying to focus a little bit more on the all water route over to the East Coast, um, avoiding the rail, and also kind of focusing on moving some of the shipments down to the Gulf allowing us to have access to the rail going up north and going east as well. Okay, great, great. Um, it, it, just as an aside, when, when you're talking to your customers that count on those Canadian ports, is this, is this sort of the big thing that's top of mind for them these days, especially? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it kind of varies. You know, we've, we've got some customers that are just kind of looking at cost reduction across the board this year with everything going on with the economy and everything else. And so 
if we're able to ship into those West Coast ports in Canada that's at a little bit, you know, more competitive rate and then adding in the rail, sometimes you can deal with the longer transit time. But right now we're seeing that we're able to kind of get some really good aggressive rates coming down to the Gulf, coming over to the East Coast. As we know, you know, freight rates have steadily been dropping throughout, you know, the end of 2022 going into 2023. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and that's a nice segue for our next topic, which is that of dropping freight rates, uh, especially as we look at them on the ocean container side. Uh, you know, Matt, it was interesting. I was just looking at some data from Drury, which is a ocean shipping consulting firm out of London, uh, with some uh, tidbits they had provided me with. And, and what, uh, two, two data points before we dig into this topic really jumped out from which Drury provided me. One was uh, that U.S. exporters and importers have secured 55% plus reductions in contact, contract rates and 80% plus cuts uh, in spot rates on most routes in recent months. And I just wanted to, you know, with, with their analysis behind that, they, they indicated the spot rates on routes from Asia appear to have reached the bottom for now, while the delivery of a record amount of new ship capacity later in 2023 is expected to put downward pressure on ocean rates. That's a topic that we've uh, paid a bit of attention to here at Logistics Management. So with sort of that as a, a, a backdrop, uh, how, you know, how would you sort of describe what is happening uh, when we look at ocean freight rates? And then as a part two, I noted uh, CLX does have its own uh, proprietary benchmarking product uh, to help their shipper customers with savings uh, out on the water. So why don't we kind of approach it as a two-parter, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a big topic right now when it comes to the ocean rates. You know, over 2020, 2021, uh, we saw some of the highest, I would say, ocean rates that we've seen in the history of shipping, it seems like. Uh, we saw the increase come across, we saw capacity get tight, and so seeing the numbers come back down to more of a, I guess, somewhat normal prior to 2019 level has been nice for most shippers, uh, most NBOs. We've been able to have additional capacity, having that additional capacity is what's allowed a lot of those rates to drop. I had an opportunity to spend some time over in Vietnam earlier this year, speaking to some of our partners and our vendors. And, you know, I was just kind of asking them what they're seeing in the market. And they've started to see a lot more space open up on all the vessels. Uh, the capacity being there means that they're able to negotiate a little bit more competitive when it comes to the fixed rates. And then on the spot market, as we've seen the volume decrease, we've seen the carriers come back and week over week lowering the rate just enough to kind of drop it down to where we can, you know, go back out and quote and try to win some additional business. We are noticing that it is starting to level off. Uh, we didn't have a peak season this year, so the rates didn't shoot back up or there's no peak season surcharge added. But as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, they have started to level off. They've, they've tried to implement a couple of GRIs, which has been mitigated. To where they didn't really take effect so our our thoughts are through the rest of the year up into contract season next year we'll see things pretty level from where they are right now and then okay. kind of going into your part two of the question yeah i mean clx has a product for benchmarking we're able to benchmark you know multiple modes uh one of the big focuses right now has been rail we you know worked directly with a, a customer here located in houston which happens to be, you know, a, a top 10 rail shipper here in the U.S. And so 
having access to not only their data, but getting their direct input on what they'd like to see. We've been able to roll that into our new program and kind of sell that to other, other prospects and other customers in the market that have really been trying to pinpoint where they are in the real uh, rates. Okay, great, great. And just, just two quick follow-ups, Matt. Um, when you had mentioned peak season, is peak season in the chemical sector earlier in the year than it would be, for example, fall peak when we think a holiday peak, more more of people buying, you know, presents for the holidays and stuff like that. I just want to get a, a firm sense of when exactly chemical uh, peak season is as, as per you guys. Yeah, yeah. So when I refer to peak season, I more so refer to the ocean freight peak season. Okay. And so usually this time of the year, we'll start okay. to see a smaller peak season. And like you said, in the fall, we usually see another peak season come across when it comes into the shipping for the holidays. Right. Yeah. Um, I had actually been talking to some people about the fall retail peak, for example, and a lot of people indicated that we might be more likely to see, unlike in more traditional or, or past years, especially with the pandemic, which were impacted in, in all different ways. But some people had indicated to me that there might be more activity in September than what we would usually see in previous years. Are you seeing perhaps the possibility of an, an increased uptick come September? Yeah, so I'm not I'm not too sure on all the commodities right now and what we might see as far as an uptick. I've talked to a couple of our customers here locally in the Houston market that are looking at seeing an increase and in going into Q3, Q4. Uh, in regards to volume, there's been a lot more, I think, exports on the chemical side of the world that are being uh, looked at. Uh, domestically, it feels like we're still, you know, warehouses are full. Uh, people are trying to kind of lower the inventory here locally. So we've seen an uptick slowly over the last, you know, month or so. And based on what customers are telling us, their feedback, we're going to continue to see a small uptick when it comes to the uh, exports for Q3, Q4. Okay, great, great. And um, you had mentioned working with rail partners, and I just wanted to quickly follow up. Much has been made of rail service issues for, for a while now. Is that something you're dealing with, something you're seeing? Uh, there's also been reports that rail service uh, has seen some sequential improvements too. So I'm just wondering how you guys are being impacted or not by the current state of uh, rail service. Yeah, so we've, we've got some really good partners and carriers when it comes to the rails. We we have our own contracts with the rails directly, so that gives us a little bit of flexibility. It gives us some really good account management, and so we're not really seeing some of the issues that you know we've heard in the market. We've got a, a couple, I would say, exports experts on our team that know, know the rail well and are able to really kind of navigate us to avoid a lot of the errors that have taken place. And so that's that's part of one of our service offerings, just being able to go in and help negotiate rates with the with the rail, kind of doing a benchmark maybe prior so we know where they need to be and just really working directly with the carriers that we have direct care, uh, direct contracts with and you know negotiate good, good rates as well as a service level that is expected. Sure, sure, makes perfect sense. Um, so uh, as uh, we had indicated in the intro, uh, you now are running CLX Logistics' new Houston office, which opened on June 19th. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the office, um, 
from uh, range, you know, however you like service offerings, number of people that work there, goals, objectives, how it sort of fits into uh, to uh, your company's overall fit in operations. Yeah, thanks. So really exciting, you know, opening up a Houston office was one of the very first initiatives that was, you know, on the agenda when I started with CLX. And so uh, myself and our CEO, David Vieira, spent quite a bit of time down here in the market, just looking at different, uh, different buildings, different complexes, trying to figure out exactly where we wanted to be located. Uh, we were fortunate enough to, to find a, a, an office in the energy corridor, we're located just off of I-10 and Kirkwood. And so we are, you know, within a stone's throw of several large chemical companies. You know, we've got the Shell Complex out there, Sasol Chemicals is out there, uh, several others that are just in that same area. And so it's it's given us, you know, access to get to the customer sites quicker if we need to. Uh, we're able to host meetings, host meetings. Uh, just events, QBRs at our office if need be. And customers really love the idea of us, you know, coming into their office and showing them on the map exactly where we're located. And they them knowing that within 30 minutes, we can be at their office if they need us. Uh, out of our Houston office, we're, we're still going to be, you know, serving all different products that we do out of all of our offices. Uh, we've got a international sales manager located here in Houston. We've also got an international pricing manager located here in Houston. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to get some of these colleagues that work with us now that come from you know the carrier side of the business they understand that our pricing manager has a background working for an mbo when she started her career also moved over and worked for a large chemical shipper and then spent a little bit of time working at one of the major steamship lines so she's got a really good understanding from all levels uh, one of our, our, like I mentioned, our international sales manager, he's been in the industry for 15 plus years. He's managed oil and gas. He's got a little bit of experience on the chemical side. So he's, you know, well known in the Houston market and able to really bring in some additional prospects that, you know, we maybe previously didn't have interaction with. So excited about what that team's going to do. We also have enough office space where we're able to build out a team. So we can focus with our managed services group. So, you know, if we go into an account and they would like us to manage all of their logistics, we can have a team here locally. We can also have account management team. We've got opportunities that we have data analysts. We've got super users when it comes to our TMS program. So a, a ton of different options that's going to really open the door for us to really just, you know, support all of our customers as well as bring in additional prospects. Okay, great, great. Um, well, Matt, look, we're at the time at the end of our allotted time for today's podcast recording. So on behalf of Logistics Management Magazine and the Peerless Media Supply Chain Group, I'd like to offer up a big thanks to you for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thanks, Chip. I really appreciate it. And, you know, look forward to uh, meeting some more of the people here in the Houston market as they come out and see our new office. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it does sound great. Um, and also, we again want to thank CLX Logistics for sponsoring today's podcast. And uh, if anyone uh, in the audience, I mean, if you're interested in learning more about CLX Logistics, they have a decent presence on LinkedIn. So just feel free to go ahead and check them out over there. Just look for CLX Logistics. And uh, for those of you on Twitter that aren't following us at Logistics Management, please feel free to go ahead and do so simply at logistics mgmt 
And also, please feel free to go right ahead and subscribe to our podcast wherever you do get your podcast. Just go ahead and look for Supply Chain 24-7. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.